Well, John, it is great to be with you here in your studio. We, yeah. we put together just Welcome. a quick little studio here in, in our nation's capital. But man, it's it's just great to see you. It's awesome to see you. As well. We talk on the phone yeah. uh, all the time, and we I do. Of course, I've been on your podcast so many times. But we're we're coming to everyone live on on Rumble, streaming live right. on Rumble, and then some, Rumble. some people will pick this up later uh, in the on on the audio version. But uh, this is the Devin Nunes Unplugged podcast now because of course we don't have to worry about uh you know saying anything wrong because i'm not in congress, not in congress so, so it doesn't matter but we are at the <laughs> liberating in, yeah we are in the just the news studios and i am with john solomon longtime veteran journalist and a hell of a good guy and a guy that uh, i don't know how you do it you you work all the time man you're like a you're like a machine keep up with you and yeah. i met your i met your crew here uh today and you know we're just so thankful at true social because i think of all the people that have uh, been on true social i think no one has done quite uh, the work that you have done to to basically stay on the stories report the stories you're always you're always calling you're always saying hey what's going on and uh, and you get the stories right and of course we're always dealing with so many stories that are that are fake news there are so but, many but i want to look let's i want to just get into this right now because there's a lot there's a lot going on, um, and this is kind of an odd thing, but we're going to go right into January 6th, Yeah, which is not really a topic that I cover very often uh, at all, but uh, you've got some breaking news on uh, a report came out that now confirms your reporting that the Capitol Police were and, uh, knew about everything. And, and you're suspicious. I remember talking to you right after it. Hey, there's no way they didn't know that something was going to happen that day. And uh, the GAO, the Government Accountability Office, now has put out a 119-page report confirms that 10 federal law enforcement agencies had intelligence suggesting there would be significant violence that day. Two of them deemed actionable intelligence, Capitol Police, FBI, and that they all failed to process it and get it to the front lines, particularly get it to the front lines of the officers who went in that day thinking that nothing bad was going to happen, even though upstream from them, lots of people knew that. This is a nonpartisan office that's being picked up by all the mainstream media in the last hour or two. CBS News and ABC News and Roll Call, news organizations that a couple of years ago probably would have called these theories conspiracy theories, <laughs> now being forced to, to report that there is a significant body of evidence that this was a preventable attack, that law enforcement had the intelligence, they didn't put the tools to prevent this attack. Right, of, of course they did. This is like the week of conspiracy theories being blown out of the water that are not conspiracy theories. Yep. I think we had the masks now, they've right. confirmed the masks don't work, they which don't work. is what we said from the very beginning. Which right. in fact is what Fauci said from the very beginning. That's right. And we found out now that the Chinese uh, were responsible for the virus, which was, you were the first. We to were say. the first ones to have the report. Yeah. Was not the first to say it. Right. To be to be fair, right. but first our, the evidence. Our committee actually put put out a report um, back in twenty one that said, look, yeah, all signs point to uh, point to China for no doing this. You know. So and now of course the. Capitol Police and Nancy Pelosi, they knew that there was a, a real threat that could have been prevented. And as I always said, and John, you've been here much, in Washington, you're here much longer than I was, but I don't remember a, when a new president's coming in, that the Capitol is not pretty fully fenced off a you know, month in advance. They start right after the election and they start to put that big, that, that big fencing up. But for some reason, this time there was no fencing that was put around that capital and, and we were only a couple weeks out from the 
the inauguration. Yeah. No, it, 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 listen, it's, it, it was an inexplicable security position. You said it at the time. It's been validated. There's an interesting nugget in this report that has really caught my attention. There were Homeland Security Department analysts who said they were afraid to forward the information of threat analysis and danger because they had been reprimanded for doing so during the Black Lives Matter protests in the summer. And time and again in the January 6th narrative, we keep hearing political things being substituted for security terms. Remember, we were told why the Trump offer for the Pentagon to have a National Guard troops there in advance, what well, was turned down for optics. Optics is not a security term, it's a political term. Now we hear that the Homeland Security Department, the department that we trust for most of our intelligence threat analysis, it was afraid to forward information because it had been scolded for ratting out potential violence against Black Lives Matter, uh, Matters protesters and journalists uh, in the summer. Those are the sort of things we have to stamp out. And this report makes very clear, if we don't fix the things that this report highlights, we're going to have another repeat someday of the United States Capitol or in this town. Uh, politics trumped security over and over again in the lead up to this event. Yeah. And of course, we're all awaiting the footage that Fox yeah. News uh, Tucker Carlson has. And I think uh, hopefully all that footage will, first of all, be reported on, but then secondly, will be released fully to the public. I've been uh, in Washington the last couple of days uh, talking to a lot of my former colleagues about many subjects, but of course, most importantly, uh, true social and, you know, whether it's the uh, challenges that we're having with the SEC, which you had a breaking story this week, yeah. this week on, Important. but, uh, but also, uh, you know, talking about how, you know, with our new ad center that we've, that we've built out, you know, with rumble and, you know, essentially making people aware here in our nation's capital that, you know, we've built the technology, right? With true social working with rumble. We've built this whole new internet, which is completely, uh, runs on its own without any of the big, big, the big tech giants. But what we've noticed just early on in, in, in building out this ad platform, that you know how you know pennies on the dollar actually get to um, get to truth. And then I started to look, and I noticed that wow, this isn't just affecting truth and rumble. This is this is impacting the whole ecosystem of of any website that would be deemed center to center right or basically just one that has been blacklisted because they don't follow the narratives that the left wants to create and you've done uh, a lot of work on looking at these so-called fact checkers which are mm -hmm. fake fact checkers they are. They are and fact maybe walk everyone through how you and, and and many other sites have basically been deemed as as basically blacklisted and then what happens is that the fortune forget fortune 50 or 100 or 500 it's it's the top thousand companies in the united states that are not going to put any internet advertising on yeah. just the news on true social on you know right, you name right, it, real clear politics right, all, all, of them, yeah. all of them right i mean you're seeing newsmax now that's going through this fight with direct tv but but let's specifically walk us through these fake fact checker groups and what you know about them and possibly who's behind them. Yeah. So uh, the government is ultimately behind them. That's what's so amazing that at the end of the Trump presidency, there were elements of the bureaucracy 
that we're working with liberal entities, universities that lean left, uh, uh, truth seekers, including, I put that word, truth seekers in quotes, uh, people like Robbie Mook, who, who was at Harvard's disinformation project. This is a man that gave us one of the greatest election disinformation projects in American history, Russia collusion, which you unraveled. Yeah. Uh, they were putting together an apparatus in real time below the radar of almost all of Americans that would identify stories that didn't fit the official narrative of the United States government or the left or the Democrats and they were finding ways to censor it. Sometimes it was a federal agency like the FBI directly going to Twitter saying, please take this down. This violates your terms of uh, uh, use, which oftentimes it didn't. Then there were universities that, that did it on behalf of the government. The government reached the university, the university would go out and reach it. And then they, uh, they advanced this to the point of an index. There was an index called the Global Disinformation Index, GDI, that would rate every news organization based on whether they followed the narrative of the government or not. And then if you had a low score on that, you would be bumped off advertising. And we didn't know it. We couldn't see it. We could see it in our advertising, but we couldn't see what was going on behind the scenes. The great news, and, and I want to say this about Truth Social. Truth Social is more than just a social media platform. It is the first true free speech solution we've had in America in a long time. Uh, we, we're talking a big debate in the country in Congress right now about China proofing the economy you have canceled proof the social media space in the way that no other organization has done. And at Just the News now, you know, when we started, Truth was a little bit of our traffic and then it kept going. It's often days the single largest referral of traffic to our stories. People are flocking to it because they want truth. And then we're able to get our information to them around all those government censors. But uh, the GDI was shut down. It shuttered its doors and a remarkable thing through the getting the word out through truth and through our platforms uh so much embarrassment was created that the global disinformation index just dissolved itself microsoft pulled out of it and we may see a little bit of the blockade released on advertising which would be a good thing yeah definitely but we'll we'll see i think there's many more oh. that are out there and that's yeah and, and congress i think you know really needs to look into this because um if not you're going to see that that some 200 growing to 300 billion dollars right. in advertising dollars that right now if you are center you know center to center right you're receiving just a small small fraction of that advertising dollars i know yeah. matter of fact I'd, I'd bet it would be you know if you take out maybe maybe fox news um it's probably less than a billion less than one percent yeah it is listen george Soros, the liberal donors are behind us and they have three principles starve these organizations of credibility Call them disinformation, even when they're not. Starve them of audience. Don't allow traffic referral to go them and starve them of monetization. And soon the world will only be a leftist press. That was the mission. I think we've been able to expose enough of it to slow it down. And now creating the alternate uh, world that Rumble and Truth and other free speech platforms are now beginning to give, we can build an alternate and equal equal ecosystem that can survive without all of the uh, of the opportunities that were denied us in, in the open market. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's been... Uh, look, it's it's been incredible to watch because this is something we really didn't know. You know, I didn't know coming out of Congress, and, and we've never really had a social networking company like True Social. And you know, Rumble is obviously new in building this yeah. ad center. And the, the question was, was was that ad center going to be able to work? Could you right. build it? Could you build an auction? Well, that did get built, but then and the ads do all get filled. Those people that own True Social, you see it, but you won't see a. Coca-Cola or uh -huh. you know, any of the brand names, they're not advertising nope. with truth, which I thought, well, that's strange because we have, you know, great click-through rates 
And then I noticed that, well, they're not on just the news site. They're not anywhere else or on Breitbart or, or anyone. Yeah. So I think the, you know, the Republicans in Congress need to really understand this and hopefully they'll start to uh, unravel this and, and investigate it. Yeah, it's restraint of free trade. I mean, we're a free market society, but we've created a an embargo and blockade of a half of society's uh, readership and and ecosystem, and that's just not American. And I agree. I think I do think that these weaponization committees are getting in there. I think James Comer starting to understand it. And two very brave attorneys general, attorney general in Missouri and in Louisiana, have really begun the process of deposing all the players of this and exposing what they've done, putting them under oath and, and just exposing the restraint of trade and the restraint of free speech, which is downright un-American. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you've done a great job on that work. So thank you. You, uh, speaking of uh, disinformation, <laughs> you, uh, I remember during the first Ukraine uh, impeachment hoax, um, you had been one of the few to actually at the beginning to cover the Russia, the Russia hoax. Uh, and then if you remember, we moved right from the Russia hoax once that was, you know, completed as basically a hoax. Right. Then the Democrats took over and they went down this wild uh, road yeah. of the Ukraine impeachment hoax. And you were early on. And I remember, you know, just like everything, right? The Russia hoax comes out like I had spent so much time working on Russia uh, and, and warning people about Putin that I knew that that was just just yeah. outrageous. Right. Yeah. And then when the Ukraine stuff came out. I remember, I think I remember talking to you and you in the halls of Congress and that sort of thing. And you're like, you're like, Devin, you know, that the, that the, the Clinton campaign is the one who exposed this on the Bidens. And I was like, what, what do you, what do you, what do you, you gotta be kidding me. And I can't remember. Was it a, was it a political article? New York Times article, New York December Times. of 2015, according to the research that we did, uh, the Clinton campaign was uh, raising concerns about Hunter Biden's conflict of interest in Ukraine. Yep. And, the New York and, and this is when when the Clinton campaign was basically trying to push Biden out of the race. Sure, there was talk he might come in late. And yeah. like, Stay out, buddy. Yeah. It's going to get ugly. It's what the Clinton campaign does. And they leaked this story in the New York Times and other uh, outlets. And uh, Biden does stay out, but then it becomes a predicate for understanding, wait a second, there's an influence peddling scheme run by the vice president's son. And when I start to write the stories in March, April, and May of 2019 at the Hill, yep. they all gained traction for a while. That's right. The New York Times and political were following were, what we you, were doing. You were at the Hill at the time. I was. I totally forgot about that. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. It's easy to erase that from my memory now, but, yeah. uh, uh, and That's we had right. these very and they, and they went after you. Yeah, they basically everybody disowned. went after you and the, right. and the hill. So first they confirmed my reporting and then they disowned the reporting yeah. uh, and it became disinformation. I was the first person in journalism to be called a disinformation artist. Mm -hmm. And I now look back because I've done a lot of reporting and I've had the opportunity to, to uh, talk to the U.S. Attorney's Office. that looked at the Rudy Giuliani thing and the FBI. Um, there was one thing in my reporting that the Biden et al. cabal didn't want to be validated. It was the claim by the Ukraine prosecutor, Lusenko, that the Ukrainians knew that Hunter Biden hadn't been paying his taxes on the Burisma money. And that was called a conspiracy theory. Everybody jumped on it. Well, now we know Hunter Biden's not only under investigation for not paying his taxes. That's now been confirmed by Hunter Biden. His laptop shows us he was being warned in 15, 16, and 17. Hey, you never paid your money on the Burisma money and you owe taxes and we got to declare that income. So what was a conspiracy theory then is now totally validated. But that was the thing that when we look back now and we see the, the pressure points that were put against me, it was to keep that story from becoming credible. Yeah. It's all true now. Well, and it was all during the, the Ukraine impeachment, what, you know, hoax, 
where you know i think i think president trump did something that was really smart at the time and that was when he released the transcript, the, the transcript. Yeah. and then of course you had once that was released as i recall then you had adam schiff the future senator from california he then read the transcript a fake transcript into the record and and it was and they, and they attacked you personally i mean I, I can remember i mean you it was almost like they were my phone records too and they released your phone records and they were willing they were they were just about ready to i mean they were trying to kick reporters out of the capitol they and, were. you know revoke their privileges and that sort of thing i mean so they were you and, and others that were trying to get to the truth so now of course you you fast forward and finally then we realized the laptop from hell all of that happens and now you know it just i i, I guess you know, so many or you know, so few journalists, but those that are like yourself and a few others, I mean, it just, I know how hard it was for me running into a brick wall every day. Uh, and, wow. but, but you guys, you know, run into brick walls every day too, because you do the reporting and then nothing happens. Like you know, one, one, you know, a couple of people report on it, but then it never get, gets picked no. up by the mainstream. Suppressed. And, yeah. It's suppressed. Your experience at the beginning of the Russia collusion narrative and unraveling it, I think, became the model that Democrats then used to cancel everybody else. They wanted to destroy your credibility because they knew you had put it together. And they do that fake ethics investigation against you. They sideline you for a period of time. And then they release your phone records. Uh, that model became uh, systematized uh, after what? that period. And now they, they System, do it for anyone. Systematized or weaponized? We I think, both. I think yeah. weaponized. There's a system how to do it. And they weaponize law enforcement. And they turn law enforcement against it. I think now, a couple of years after what happened to you, and you look back, your report in January 2018, Every val every sentence of that report has been validated. It was called disinformation at the time. It's amazing. Yeah. But in 2020, Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley are on the cusp of getting something on Hunter Biden and the FBI fake it fakes a briefing, fakes a briefing and leaks it to make it look like they're being led astray by Russian disinformation. It was a false briefing. We know they doctored documents in the in the Russia case. The, the the extent to which the United States government now has engaged in disinformation against its own people is unlike any I think we've anything we've seen in our history. Yeah. Well, it's if happened. you're listening to this on audio um, with John Solomon from Just the News, uh, who's been a longtime veteran reporter, but I want to I want to get into a little bit of your history because you started as you reminded me of this because I had totally forgot about your stint at the Hill, yeah. but you had you started it at the Washington Post, right? I went all the way back. I started as a 17-year-old at the Associated Press. And so I worked uh, two decades at the AP, the main wire service for the news industry. Was uh, that here in Washington? I started in Milwaukee, covered the Dahmer murders, okay. moved to Washington after that, uh, rose to the deputy bureau chief here, then went to be the lead national investigative reporter at the Washington Post, which was yep. a fun job. That was back when the Washington Post still treated both sides kind of evenly. And then became the editor of the Washington Times, went to the Hill, and then eventually started my own uh, thing. But I was in the mainstream media for the vast majority of my career. And the things that I did in 2018 and 2019 that was called disinformation was exactly what I did for 30 years. And it was applauded by the industry. But for some reason, at that moment in our nation's history, the media had to keep a preferred narrative against Donald Trump and for uh, Joe Biden, uh, they pick sides in the election and all the things that normally would have been praised as good reporting were suddenly weaponized and called bad reporting and disinformation. And, uh, you know, history has proven that just like your report was right, the Hunter Biden reporting was right. Right. But, well, I like to call it now, we call it mainstream media, yeah. but they're really, it's 
legacy media that is to, they're they're really relics and you know they're they're even with all the advertising dollars that they're getting mm -hmm. and then we look at like a company like yours small trying to you know just make it i mean you know you you don't have a i mean you're you know you well i won't give up your location but mm -hmm. you're in washington dc i mean you guys you know a, mm -hmm. a office you're just trying you're building it as you go because yeah, you're, you're flying in and building yeah, it at the same yeah, time you're getting landing gear <laughs> and um you know with a very small but 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 just a great team and i imagine that that you know there's so many of these other news organizations that are like yours that are center right and they have so few people that are actually on the ground when you compare it i was in the capital last couple of days and seems like it's the same reporters that are there some some actually i, I think are decent people that work for the relic uh, media but yeah, of course i don't i don't i don't talk to them in terms of giving them quotes they know that i don't do interviews with them until right. they retract their fake news stories that are now you know six years plus old, old. and just but, as false today as they were then <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> but i realized too another thing this week and that is that walking around the capitol i, I think of myself think to myself like wow there's there's gotta be a hundred of them there maybe more yeah and i could probably count on my two hands the number of reporters that were there that would be not considered part of that mainstream relic news yeah i mean I, maybe it's a maybe, real challenge maybe four or five i don't i don't know not yeah, very many maybe no more right four maybe maybe we have one up there but busy day it. maybe 10 yeah maybe on a really good day yeah and so even though they have all the money, sometimes they have billionaires that that own them. They're maybe they're losing a lot of money. They're getting all the advertising dollars, yeah. and they've got you know even with all the cuts that they've taken, they still have an army of really what they are is they're 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 intelligence officers that are gathering intelligence or they're propaganda artists with the, which the left is is laying out there. Even for the ones that I think are good people that don't want to participate in that, but but look, that's what's happening. Yeah. Silence is complicity. If you're in the profession and you're allowing the things to go on, you're just as complicit as, as those who are carried out. That's why you see people like uh, Glenn Greenwald and others leaving the profession, going to Substack or what I did at Just the News. Uh, you, we realize that staying silent and collecting a paycheck in that institution is really anathema to what we swore to be when we became journalists. There was a moment, I, this is a story yesterday, it's my favorite story because it's so compelling. Um, when uh, Senator Tom Cotton first raised the question, he didn't even declare that there was the possibility uh, of a lab leak. He just asked at a hearing, is it possible it's a lab leak? And the Washington Post pilloried him. They called him a purveyor of conspiracy yep. theories, fringe thinker, and he had been debunked. Those are three words they used in the singular story. By the way, none of those words are neutral journalism words. They're loaded. Um, two years later, when no one was paying attention, the Washington Post went in and put a little note at top of that story that said, uh, we're correcting this story because at the time then and and until today, these three things weren't true. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. It wasn't a fringe theory. And it hadn't been debunked. Now, no one would have even seen that correction if we hadn't found it and wrote about it. Uh, uh, Tom Cotton will never get his reputation back from those uh, hideous attacks. But that's how far and how bad the industry has been that those sort of corrections are becoming commonplace now. They're, uh, they're, and, and it's great that they correct them two years later, but the damage is far done and no one gets their reputation back from it. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I'll tell you, you mentioned, you mentioned how this, this media world is changing, and I want to kind of get into, into some of that. Um, a few weeks ago, I guess, yeah, maybe, maybe a couple months ago, uh, I interviewed the CEO of Locals. Mm. Wow. And Locals is a 
is a uh, part of uh, Rumble now, right? And they have a subscription service. And you mentioned Glenn Greenwald, and you see how well he's doing on with his Rumble show. And they've oh, actually yeah. created Such a good show. Well, they've created this for the for these independent creators, where they can instead of using Substack, you can now use this Rumble product, uh, and you can put up and you can have put put up your what you write you can have videos you can interact and then he's doing his his new show his nightly news show that runs that runs live like we're running live right yeah. now on rumble right. uh, and he he comes on and he he does this now i thought to myself man who who in the hell's watching this stuff like you know because glenn greenwall is is, is a, known as a a, a left-wing reporter yeah. um i think i think he would admit that he's he's a, a, a creature of the left but he's right. a journalist He's a real journalist. Takes and what, the facts. Yeah, and what I respected from him is that he was one of the only ones in that mainstream relic media that would actually tell the truth about the Russia hoax. Yeah. It was only the only a handful of them. There really were very and, few. And one word a couple times, but that was about it. Very very few would actually come and say anything. Yeah. And I thought to myself, and you, know, and then he basically got, or a lot of those guys got railroaded out. And they got pushed to where they could only write on Substack. And, and but, he, he founded the Intercept. He gets thrown out of the, the news organization he founded. It's crazy. I didn't even know that. I didn't yeah. know he was a founder of that. He was. So, but the good news is, is that a lot of you have paid the price, right? I mean, you, you, you had to come form your own company. Um, Greenwall now has found this this great home, and he's really proved out this technology oh, has. on on Rumble. And I guess my, and I know you're on Real America's Voice, which is also on True Social. Yeah. Um, you guys are running uh, your nightly show, which, by the way, we're not at some point here. We're going to forget off, so you can go get ready to to film your to film your show. I'm going to be a guest on there. If you guys haven't had enough of Solomon and I, you, get it you again. can see you can. Well, actually, there it'll be you interviewing me. That's right. It'll be fun for which this is kind of fun for me to me to interview you. It's a great honor, actually. But, I love it. But let's talk about how you go back in. If you go back to 2015, 2016, right. you basically have Fox News, uh, MSNBC, CNN on the cable side. Right. You have the networks. That time you had Rush Limbaugh, Hannity, huge, big talk radio. Right. Podcasts were, were hardly anything. No, they were just a little You had Newsmax, OEN, small. Right. Um, and think about where we've gone. I mean, we've lived it because we've all been part of it, but now. It's just, I mean, you've got a podcast. I used, I have my podcast, right, that we're on right now. And you've got Glenn Greenwald doing what he's doing. So if you could just kind of think through where we've been and then where, we're, where are we going? What, what is this going to look like? Because people, people are going to continue to watch. I'm, I'm always amazed how many people are, people are watching this live. There'll be thousands of people watching, watching this amazing. live, which is, you know, at, yeah, in, in, you know, three o'clock at, you know, back in California, it's like two in the afternoon. Um, but where do you think we're going with this? Like, where does it stop? How many, how many John Solomon podcasts and Victor Davis podcasts and Devin Nunes unplugged whenever we, whenever right. we do it and Glenn Greenwald's um, how many more to come and where, Where's that? Where's that audience coming from? They're they're leaving the uh, traditional oligarchies of news, which they trusted for a long time, and now realize, boy, we've been taken on so many wild rides that weren't true, uh, that we just gonna we want to go somewhere else. My audience is almost identical when I look at the uh, the 
data. It's the same audience from the same locations that I had when I was at the Hill or the Associated Press. You can see the geographic distribution of it. It's all over the country. It's people that used to just trust the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and NBC News. And they're like, wait a second, we've been lied to so much. We want to look at some alternative places. And we saw this guy, Solomon, or this guy, Nunez, or we saw, and they, they turned out to be true. They were the right ones. Let me check them out. And they're literally walking their eyeballs to other locations. Uh, it's not unlike what's going on right now in the migration of America, where people are leaving California and New York and, and going to states where there's freedom, less taxes, and less violence. Um, people are leaving. It's the same news uh, readership that's always been there, the same informed people. They just feel so burned. They've had such a bad date with the traditional news media of the last decade that they're leaving there. And they're dating uh, people that they trust in the news place because over time you've built a record of being accurate. And I've built a record record of being accurate at Glenn uh, Greenwald and so many others, Matt Taibbi. The, so people are going to individual franchises and trusting them and walking away from them. There's only so much bandwidth in America to consume news. It isn't like we can create a whole new audience, but people are walking from the old and coming to the new. Well, and I thought to myself, I, I, you know, I think about this stuff a lot because I'm obviously I'm in this industry now. And, you know, I was the first guy to go to Rumble back in, yeah, you know, back you were, three years number ago. Number one. And I think to myself, Okay, how many more can there be? Mm -hmm. And then I look at these. You know, we this is you know nice little makeshift studio that, that you've had here. But you know, I put little makeshift studios together in in California or even in Sarasota. Now, right. obviously, the technology is helping. Oh yeah, right. That's no making doubt. a big difference because we can we can connect via you know record this somewhere else, and we can connect. I can be in California, you can be here. I can be in Florida, you can be here. But I I think to myself like, how does this like let's say Joe Rogan, when Joe Rogan first came on the scene. I don't really watch Joe Rogan, but I've seen it a few times and yeah. I thought to myself, well, well, how many, I mean, he sits there and talks for like, you know, I don't know, what is he, two or three hours yeah. straight? And people watch. And people watch. Yeah. And people are watching Greenwald. And pe people are watching Real America's Voice. I'm watching you right now. And watching us now. So do you think that, do we reach a, does it, are we, are we at the stage where are we, just at the beginning still uh or, or or do we has the market already been flooded and there's going to be you know like how many more members of congress for example i was the first guy a member of congress to create a podcast well now right. you've got the very a lot of very successful oh, yeah. podcasts from 40, Sen 40 or so senator cruz to, yeah. to to matt gates i've been on, yeah. i've been on his podcast <laughs> and um where do you think we're at i mean i, I know it's just speculating on your yeah. part but do you think, is it going to continue? Are we going to, more and more people are going to be doing these podcasts and video? video I do. I do think that the independent media, which is what we call it now, because we're really not affiliated with any large corporations, mm -hmm. are going to continue to grow. What's going to happen is the mass migration. And I, I use this example when I give speeches, because at Twitter, I had a million followers at my height. Um, I have about 930,000 now. But over the last year, Twitter, which was the largest source of my traffic when I started Just the News, is down to a trickle. And uh, meanwhile, I have 680,000, almost 690,000 on Truth now. They keep going up. All that's happened is all my Twitter followers have left Twitter and they come over to Truth because they trust your platform better. And now that traffic is migrated here. It's the same people. But I think there is room in the ecosystem that we're building to keep growing. I'm part of a, a group of news organizations that kind of work closely together. I call it an ecosystem. We started that partnership about 17 months ago. Uh, the first month we did, uh, we worked together, we had a reach of about 19 million Americans, at least 
19 million Americans saw one of our pieces of content. In February, we're on track to hit 121 million in 18 months. All those people have migrated from somewhere else and whatever time they have to read news, they've come to us now, our ecosystem, and away from there, just like people left Twitter and came to you. That migration, I think, continues as long as there's good talent. You know, it will move between there. At some point, there's a market cap, right? There's only 370 million Americans and really only about 150, 170 million Americans really consume news regularly. But they're going to consume a lot less on the Washington Post and New York Times and, and, and CNN and a lot more on, on our emerging platforms. And until the other side finds a way to stop the bleed by being more credible, that migration is going to continue for at least five or 10 more years, I think. Wow. Uh, it's I like it's you know, accelerating. I like what you call it. I mean, you call it the it's a it's really there. It's true. It's independent. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. There are. I mean, growing Glenn, by the day. I mean, like Glenn Glenn Greenwald. I mean, he's yeah. he's independent. Yeah. He's on his own. He's his I own mean, boss. He's now. just he's yeah. that's it. He's a and one. People man. trust him, and he's probably yeah. more right than the much better funded Washington Post and New York Times. Or just how many stories in the last two weeks have been debunked by the Washington Post and New York Times? I mean. They're lost, they've lost their credibility and they're going to lose audience until they gain their credibility back. Yeah. Well, you're going to be interviewing me yeah. uh, shortly here, um, an hour or so. You can watch on Real America's Voice. You'll be interviewing me about the uh, challenges that uh, we've now picked up at the SEC. Uh, yeah. As you know, we're merging with a finance company, um, the SEC, led by um, Russia hoaxers that we <laughs> investigated um, are blocking this. I was on Maria Bartiromo's show. You yeah. obviously reported out on it the other day. But why John does something like this, uh, uh, you can see on the screen now. Um, did it surprise you when we when it when, when it came out that all these characters are Russia hoaxers and they're now running the SEC and they're now blocking basically President Trump and, and, and me from being able to take this company public to truly compete with the big tech guys? No, and I think the answer is we will continue not to be surprised until there begins to be a consequence for people who have engaged in political cancer culture using the authority of the United States government, because that's really what happened. That's what Pete Strzok and the FBI did. They took a democratic dirty trick and they used the power of the government to enforce it. That's what Lieutenant Colonel Vindman and others did when they made the allegations that ultimately turned out not to be accurate in Ukraine. That's what uh, the folks who made us believe that uh, China wasn't behind a lab leak did for two years because those were intelligence people and health, public health officials on our dime. Until there's a consequence to them, these folks are going to continue to grow in number and grow in reach and grow in consequence. One of the greatest failures of the last few years, and, and it wasn't from a lack of intention, because certainly Bill Barr intended to have real accountability in the Russia collusion cases. Most of the worst perpetrators continue to walk away unscathed. They retire, then they get uh, fancy jobs and consultings and book deals, and they get enriched by the bad behavior that actually ruined some part of the fabric of America. Yeah, that's another scam too. These book deals. By oh the way. yeah, it's a great, great I gig mean, if you can get one. I mean, how does Peter Strzok and Comey, and I think even McCabe, yeah. I think they, I think they all got book deals. They did. I mean, these yeah, guys were all basically. Go. I mean, we we completely destroyed them. Yeah. The Russia Oaks. They were clearly behind it. Um, they clearly had to know that. Yeah. And I always go back to this. Pretty simple, as as as, as you know. When they brought that pieces of that dossier to us mm -hmm. in January 17, I just sat there and I said, what the hell is this? Like, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a, uh, you know, I spent a long time you know, reading intelligence reports. Yeah. And 
Yeah, you're sitting there, FBI director. I'm looking at a report that you can easily tell is easily provable to be false. Like within, yeah. it doesn't look anything like an intelligence report. Yet you tell us that, oh, this British spy is very, you know, very well trusted. We have, you know, yeah, well trusted. You guys were paying him. Yeah, you, you, they knew the Clinton campaign was paying him. They did, and yet these the guys beginning. all end up basically being promoted. They do. I mean, they they're up. being promoted. And look, I'm not saying that Struck's wife has not been, right. you know, promoted, but but you can see where perhaps maybe she might have some animosity towards true social Donald Trump and me, possibly. Her husband's, Her husband's suing the Trump administration, right? Right, right. right. I, listen, I think the most amazing part of that history, uh, in of all the examples that have been uh, bantied about, Andy McCabe lied to his own investigation. He lied to him. There's not any question. It's not in doubt. Andy McCabe has not given any evidence to suggest he didn't lie to an OPR and IG investigation. And he gets fired and the establishment restores his pension. There's no consequences. Plus, he gets a book deal. Plus, he gets a CNN deal. I saw him at a Nationals baseball game late, late last year, and he's living the good life. There was no consequence to the things he did. He accomplished what a certain political side of America wanted to accomplish. And he didn't pay a consequence, even though there's a rule of law in this country. If we don't solve that, I think the temptation to do this is accelerating. Yeah. Scary. It That's a scary, scary thought. It but I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, we thought we had made basically, you know, kind of cauterized the, yeah. the, the, the wound, stopped the bleeding. Yeah. But in fact, we didn't. Uh, we didn't oh. do that at all uh, through the weaponization of government. And I know mm -hmm. you're going to be covering that closely. But John, I know you've got to get to you're getting yeah. ready for your new show and you got to get ready to, you get ready to interview me. But I want to thank uh, all of you who have tuned in live here to Rumble. And of course, if you're listening to it on the audio podcast or watching it later on Rumble, we really appreciate it. But you can find John Solomon on True Social. And with that, Devin Unis, we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.